Hello and welcome to still another episode of Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, Florida, and also with offices in South Florida covering the entire South Florida area from Miami-Dade County through Broward County and also through Palm Beach County. And we have an office in Marion County, Jeffrey Meldon, that uh, you've been practicing there for 43 years. But this is a big week for Meldon Law in, in, in Ocala. Yeah, we're uh, putting the finishing touches on the office, but the exciting news is we have our big billboard, electronic billboard, mm -hmm. uh, operating now <laughs> in Ocala. And we're going to use it to promote all of the uh, charitable organizations in the Marion County area okay. and make sure that uh, everybody knows when the important events are going on in uh, Marion County and uh, support our community. Well, I'm excited about it. I've, of course, been with you now for a little over four years, and you've had a presence in, Mel in Marion County for a long time. But this is such a huge step up. Uh, we're right across the street from the hospital. We're right there on, I guess it's called Pine. Pine South Pine Avenue. South Pine, Pine Avenue. 326 South Pine Avenue. It's right across from the Advent Hospital. Right, it's 441 as well. But okay. when you go through Ocala, it changes from 441 to South Pine Avenue. Okay. But they still have 441 on the side. <laughs> You're not going to miss it, trust me, with that sign. We've got some fantastic guests. I, I want to get to you wonderful people in just a second. We're going to be talking about United Way of Central, North Central Florida. But real quickly, Jeffrey, one thing we've been doing, of course, for the last couple of months as the official law firm partner of the Florida Gators is that we've got ticket giveaways coming up for games this weekend. Um, we've got baseball, still Texas A&M this weekend. There's a game tonight on Friday the 19th. Want to congratulate the winners of those four tickets plus the $100 gift certificate for dinner. And we've got also tickets remaining for tomorrow night, for Saturday night's Actually, I'm not sure if it's a night game or a day game, but uh, whatever the case may be, we're playing Texas A&M. It's an SEC opponent, a great team, and I know you've been going to just about every game. It's quite an experience. Yeah, last Saturday I went to the women's uh, softball game at 1 and the men's uh, uh, baseball game at 6.30. And uh, so I feel like I'm really in the middle of This guy's so got what, energy, trust me. <laughs> what I want to tell our viewers and listeners is that uh, Gator sports are um, top-level sporting events in incredible facilities. Uh, it's really fun, and we're so proud to be able to share uh, the tickets that we have because we are the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. And because of that, uh, we are able to score these tickets to sold-out events. So uh, we're, we're going to be giving away tons of tickets over the next uh week and weeks after sure. as long as there's gator sports melvin law is going to be we've uh, got three games with old miss university of mississippi next week it is so easy all you have to do is to go to our webpage on the internet www.meldenlaw.com go to the home page right when you click on you'll see a banner at the top it'll talk about softball baseball volleyball whatever's coming up just click the link and it'll set you right up and we've been having close to a thousand people apply for each game. It's it's really been something. Yeah, the uh, the desire to get into these games is overwhelming because they're sold out because there's only twenty five percent of the capacity uh, being sold. So anyhow, 
it's easy. Go to meldenlaw.com, homepage top. You'll see the red uh, bar. Uh, enter the contest, uh, and you uh, will have a chance to have some incredible seats for all of these events. But let's get into United yes. Way, Chris. Yes, we are so happy and proud to have Amber Miller, who is the interim president and CEO, chief executive officer of United Way of North Central Florida, and Dana Clayton. Vice President of Business Development. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, let's just dive in. I'm, I'm going to start with you, Amber. Okay. Um, talk about uh, United Way of North Central Florida, uh, what it's doing, some of the activities. And I know that some people confuse it with the United Way. So let's talk a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. So United Way of North Central Florida has been around over 63 years. Um, we are a affiliate of United Way worldwide. And okay. so what that means is we are actually our own independent 501c3. Uh, we have a local board of directors who are really amazing. Um, our board is pretty diverse in that we have individuals that span across different professions. We have our current board chair, uh, Monica McMillan, is a family law attorney. Our vice chair, Chris Floyd, is with Insight Insurance Group. We've also got some bankers on there. Um, Campus USA is uh, <laughs> Jeff Jeff Thieman is on our board, um, and we also have representation from the Alachua County Public Schools, uh, the Gainesville Police Department, so pretty good board. Um, and then we have a, a really big footprint as well in North Central Florida, so we cover six mm -hmm. counties, which is something I don't think a lot of people realize. Yeah, what counties uh, do you cover? Yeah, so we cover Alachua, Bradford, Dixie, Gilchrist, Levy, and Union, and yep. So, and we have been raising funds here, like I said, for over 63 years to help our wow. community. So that's what we do. We're helpers and we're problem solvers and we are collaborators. So we cannot do what we do if it weren't for all of the businesses and organizations, educational institutions, nonprofit partners, and of course, individuals uh, that help us to fight for the health, education, and financial stability of every person that lives here, so. What are, uh, how many different organizations do you contribute to? Sure, well, right now we are contributing to 21 of our nonprofit partners, but we have uh, 45. And so our community impact partners are 501c3s that have been vetted by our organization. We want to make sure that everyone is, you know, fiduciary or responsible uh, for their finances sure. and, uh, you know, that they're, they've got great programs. And so once they're vetted by us, then we offer them the opportunity to apply for funding. So right now we are going through a funding cycle. Uh, we will be allocating uh, funds for one year starting this July through next mm. June. And yeah, so. Who, who, can you give us an example of some of the organizations that uh, you help fund? Yeah, so we help to fund uh, Catholic Charities, their Weekend Hunger Backpack Program, uh, Bridges to Prosperity. We also help with their wow. rural outreach. Uh, there's uh, Family Promise that helps children and families mm -hmm. that are in homelessness to get housed and to have shelter. Uh, Grace Marketplace is another shelter provider that we partner mm -hmm. with. There's also Girls Place. They are an after-school program for girls. There's Pace Center for Girls, and I can we go know on and Pace. on. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had Natalia on the show. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. We've had Catholic Charities on mm -hmm. and quite a few others. Yeah. So you're working with some of the really important movers and shakers as far as helping people in north central Florida. Yeah, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and even more this year than before because of the pandemic. So we've been able to raise some additional funds outside of what we normally do uh, for our United We Care Fund, which is something that really started a year ago. And so we were just raising COVID relief dollars and we were able to give out micro grants to all of these agencies so that they could then work with individuals and families who needed help with rent and utilities, it, uh, if they needed child care, especially for our first responders and healthcare mm-hmm. workers, uh, because everything shut down a year ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want to jump in because Melden Law also started, you know, uh, we care, Melden Law Cares mm-hmm. program, and we were giving out um, sandwiches to all the uh, uh, hospital personnel and uh, police agencies, first responders, and uh, it's really wonderful that you were able to do that. Um, how how have you been able to uh, keep your funding going during this COVID pandemic? Yeah, you, this one right here <laughs> has really been well, keeping it going. So Dana, okay. do you want to yeah, answer Dana, that? Yeah, Dana, why don't you jump in? Well, 90% of the funds that we raise come from our workplace campaigns. They are really the, the, the whole piece of the pie, just mm-hmm. about. And um, it was pretty scary. I remember uh, being in our break room in February when the pandemic was starting and we were all talking about, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to us? Nobody's going to be able to give. These workplaces are going to shut down, you know, just. But then, you know, we pivoted like everybody else (laughs) in the world. That's the key word. And um, we reached out to every single one of our workplace campaigns and they were so embracing. They were Mm -hmm. they were like, no, don't. Don't go there yet. Let's wait and see how things are. But we're, we're all in right now. And we were able to do Zoom campaigns mm-hmm. and presentations. We had a lot of fun contests with the organizations nationwide. was absolutely amazing in the fun that they had. And then Shans, UF Health, um, amazing. Because here they were in the middle of a pandemic and everybody mm-hmm. is exhausted and sad and being challenged. And we were able to work with Ed Jimenez and the whole team to still have a United Way campaign because they still wanted to give. And we found a way to do it without disrupting their organization. We did what we call a rollover campaign. So we feel so blessed because we really have not lost as much as we would have anticipated losing um, because everybody was so willing and wanting to figure out how to do it. So describe a little bit how the workplace campaigns work. So folks that are watching or listening, if they have companies mm-hmm. and they want to join in you and betcha. do it, tell, them, what do they need? tell us about it and if what I they need to do. If I could have you in the room and lock the door, you'd never get out. So um, as I said, 90% of what we raise is through our workplace campaigns. And it's the bread and butter of what we do. And we're really fortunate as United Way to have that in our community. That's been the historical model, yes. if I, as I think about things over the years, give to the United Way through your employment. Is that Exactly. That's, that's exactly. how it's worked. That's how it's worked. And it makes it easy because if you work for a company and you can give just a few dollars out of your paycheck every period, it adds up to a lot, but you really don't feel it. And that's why it was so beneficial when we did these rollover campaigns where somebody was pledging and they just rolled their gift to the next year didn't make any changes. They had forgotten about it. They don't, they're not really worried about it. So it's very, very beneficial. So we do have a lot of organizations in this community 
that have the opportunity to run a workplace campaign. And how would they uh, connect with you in order to start They that? can reach out to me. It's real simple. D. Clayton at United Way, ncfl.org. And I will be more than happy to connect with you. And, and then um, you'll tell them uh, what the program's about, share the information with their team, let them know how they can participate, make it easy for the bookkeeper to figure it all it's out. So, it's okay. so easy. It's so easy. Boy, I, I know, I know. In, my, in our office, the bookkeeper would say, do I, do that what are you up to now, Jeffrey? Me? And Dana says, no more. Don't worry about it. No more work. For, it'll, we'll, we'll make we love it you, simple. Barbara. We know you're watching. <laughs> this, this is absolutely wonderful. And it is such a fascinating story. And we're going to continue in our next segment with uh, this leadership from the United Way of Central Florida, Dana and Amber. Again, you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, statewide law firm. Our primary practice areas include personal injury cases, which include big truck crashes, auto crashes, pedestrian, bicycle, even motor scooter accidents. We also handle criminal defense, including DUI, Jeffrey has been doing this a long time. And uh, just take a look at our website for more information about what we do in our specific areas of practice. Don't forget to take a look at our website also to register for the free tickets we've been talking about to all the Gator sporting events coming up this week, next week, and the weeks hereafter. We'll be right back after this. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together which is why Meldon Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Friday. March 19th, 2021. My name is Chris Qualman. I'm here with Jeffrey Meldon, president, founder of Meldon Law. And this is our 21st episode. I mean, it seems like each week we say to ourselves, Jeffrey, we, we can't believe we got through five, then it was 10, now it's 20. Now we're into 21. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, 21 is an important number when you're growing up. It you, is. It's the age at which you can <laughs> legally have a beer. Okay. I don't know what else. Is there anything else you can do uh, at I'm 21? I'm not sure. Much much happens at 18, but yeah, 21 Mo is legal, yeah. legal drinking age now. It was 18 when you and I were students. And uh, anyway, but... Um, and United Way was around when we were students. Yes, so yes let's they segue were. into yes, United yes, Way. Yes, they were. you've been here for, you know, 60, what did you say, 64 years or something? Yeah. 67. Yeah. 67. Yeah. So from the, in the early 1950s, and United Way of North Florida got started in Gainesville, has, um, has taken care of Gainesville and most of the counties that surround it. And 
the money stays here. I think our <laughs> listeners and viewers sure. need to know that. Okay, if you donate a dollar here, it stays here. It doesn't go out to some national organization, which is different. There's many wonderful national organizations. We encourage you to participate, but this is unique because this is in our own backyard. And if you wanna make sure you get the most bang for your buck, then uh, the United Way of uh, North Central Florida uh, is the way to go. So give us some examples during COVID. Have there been any you know, particular stories that resonate with you as far as people that have been in need and you've been able to reach out and help them? Yes, we actually, um, what comes to mind is one individual that I had actually built a relationship with because she had moved to this area. She had gone through a tough time uh, with a divorce and lost everything and came to Gainesville to live with her daughter. And she was able to get a job and um, live, live and television. <laughs> good, please. Start. She was able to get a job, mm. and um, subsequently, she mm. bought a car, and she was very successful. And that was three years ago, doing great. And then COVID happened, and she was in the leasing business for students. So okay. guess what happened? So okay. she got laid off of her job because obviously they weren't leasing a lot of apartments in, in the area. And um, she had lost her car mm. and she had tried to figure out what bills to pay. And um, so she called and said, you know what? I have interviews. I have a job, you know, potential, but I don't have a car to get there and I'm not comfortable riding, you know, bus transportation right now with COVID, which, you know, I understood that. And so we worked, and this is what we do well, we collaborated um, with the organization that had to repossess her car. We had some of our COVID funds that were, you know, specifically for this emergency relief that one of our partner agencies, Catholic Charities, was managing. And we were able to pull all the resources together, and she had saved some of her own money as well. So we were able to get her car, you know, out of wow. debt or whatever that out is. Out of hock. <laughs> and um, she is now doing great because she got her car back. She got her job. And I think this is what a lot of people don't understand about what we do. We are helping people that are living on the edge of poverty. And they're just one crisis away from losing everything. These are people that do work hard but they're living paycheck to paycheck. And she was a prime example. Sure. You know, and that's so so important because there are many, many people that are willing to work. They're willing to, you know, take on responsibility. They're, they do uh, great work when they're given the opportunity. And through United Way of Central Florida, you're able to give them a little hand up mm -hmm. when they need it. And right. I think that's really exciting and you have all these partner organizations and they all have their own little niche don't they they do and that i think is what is so key is that we are able to collaborate with the boots on the ground doing that work and they all help each other so i imagine some might ask the question well should i give to united way or should i give to the partner organizations you probably get that all the time yes talk about the advantage of giving to united okay. way you want me to do that? Or? Sure. Um, so that is a tough question. You know, a lot of times, you know, X is my favorite charity. I want to give to them. And if you want to give to them, you absolutely should give to them. However, if you're ever concerned with how your dollars are being invested, 
then I would recommend giving through United Way because then it goes into what we call our community investment fund, a portion of what we raise. And those dollars are the ones that Amber was talking about earlier. They're vetted by volunteers. The volunteers are determining who receives those funds. And every quarter, they're held accountable to report back on their results. Are they doing what they said they were going to do? When you think about it in the for-profit environment, you have to achieve metrics and goals, right? You sure do. You don't hear about that very often in the not-for-profit. And they're having to achieve those goals. So when you're giving to us, you know that your dollars are going to make the biggest bang for your buck, like you said, do the most good, stay local, and be held accountable for results. Well, and we would encourage all of our listeners to check out um, United Way of North Central Florida. Uh, the website again is what? I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's unitedwaynCFL.org. Well, we'll put something up on the screen. So United Way. So NC stands for North Central mm -hmm. FL Florida. Okay, yeah. so we're going to have it on the screen. <laughs> but um, I, as long I moved to Gainesville in 1970, and you know I remember United Way back then is like the major organization within the mm -hmm. community, and I think it over the years has grown and stayed as if there was one organization that I remember, it was always United Way, and you have this whole. Uh, partnership with these different organizations. So if somebody's in love with one particular organization, volunteer, give them money, do all that, but save a little bit of money for the United <laughs> Way because sure. they help all of the organizations. Well, I think the key is also that you're excellent stewards with the money, like, like you were talking about. People know that when they give, whether it's through their workplace contribution or directly, they know that their money is being properly used, the recipients are being vetted. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about is this homeless continuum of care. I know that's something you're involved with, and maybe yeah. explain how that impacts what you do. Sure, and I would love to. Um, so in 2018, we became the lead agency for the North Central Florida Alliance for the Homeless and Hungry's Continuum of Care. So this is a uh, consortium of homeless providers that uh, they have their own board, and we, as the lead agency, we help to write and facilitate grants for them from the Department of Children and Families mm -hmm. and Housing and Urban Development, so DCF and HUD. And uh, as the lead agency, we help to get those grants put together. They're a collaborative grant. We submit it on behalf of the Continuum of Care. And then through that, we are able to help bring in millions of dollars back to our community. And so right now, uh, we are actually waiting to hear back from uh, DCF on some additional dollars that we are working to get here. We're looking at upwards of $4.8 million that would be brought in to help our homeless service providers to continue to provide great care to the homeless population that we have. So Amber, tell us a little bit, do you sit down and do these grants, help people write these grants? I personally do not. <laughs> we have a director for the Continuum of Care, Patrick Dodds, who has been really great at leading uh, leading that endeavor. And so he is the one that kind of collects everything and works on the collaborative grant for us right now. Because so. that's a great way to leverage an investment in mm -hmm. United Way by having somebody write grants and then maybe getting, you know, five or ten times yeah. what they would get otherwise. That's so that's a really great initiative that mm -hmm. you you have put together. Mm -hmm. 
So we thank you for that. Very much so. And I know also there is something called the Community Investment Fund. Yeah. So that's kind of what Dana's been touching on um, when we talk about where your gift goes to United Way, and especially through the workplace campaigns. And then also if you're a small business partner, uh, we invite those individuals to donate through payroll deduction or through monthly contribution. And those funds are then uh, going into that community investment fund. This is that pool of money that we grant back out mm -hmm. to nonprofit programs that are serving our community. So if somebody would like to get involved, maybe as a volunteer, maybe it's somebody, a, a young professional, or maybe an older guy like me <laughs> who wants to just volunteer, loves what you folks do, how does one become involved? So I'll let Dana take that. So if you go to our website, the www.ncfl.org, there is an opportunity for volunteering. And if you click on that, I'm the one that's going to get that email. And I'll reach out to you specifically to find out what are your interests. Um, we have what we call VITA, Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, that's going okay. on right now. It's free taxes. And we are always looking for volunteers, probably more for next year than this year. We also have a Reading Palace program, so we're always looking for tutors for that program. And then if we don't have something that suits your needs, we'll set you up with one of our 45 partner agencies. <laughs> we can match you with something you'd love to do. Well, that's a great point, is that in many ways, it sounds like you're a clearinghouse almost for all these different agencies. So if somebody really doesn't know where to go to, they might not know the appropriate charity or organization it's always a safe bet to, to go to United Way. You'll steer them the right direction. Absolutely. I like to think of us as the financial planner for charitable giving. So okay. you love everybody. Who do you want to give to? Well, if you invest in us, we're going to invest your dollars the best way. So again, our employers that are listening, um, we want to encourage you and Melvin Law as well, okay, to reach out to Dana. I'm making a commitment now. We're going we're gonna to get behind uh, United Way of North Central Thank Florida. Thank you for that. And I, um, so all they have to do is uh, go to the website, reach out to you. You'll make it easy and the bookkeeper won't freak out. I promise we'll make it very, very easy. <laughs> it's always easy to take that's money. That's a big thing for our particular company. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give you the little hint. Anyhow, you are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, also covering the entire Tri-County, South Florida area. And now in our 43rd year in Melda in Marion County in Ocala, right downtown on 441, brand new office, brand new sign. Please check that out if you're in Ocala. Want to remind everybody also that we still have tickets we're giving away because we are the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. And because of that, we've got tickets for tomorrow night's baseball game against Texas A&M. We've got Tickets for softball for next week against LSU. Uh, we've got tickets for volleyball tomorrow night against Kentucky at the O-Dome. And it's so easy, Jeffrey. You just go on the website, meldenlaw.com, go to the homepage, click the link, and you can qualify for the tickets. Yes. And again, we want to thank our guests from United Way sure. of North Central Florida. Just Google it. You'll track them down <laughs> and help out. It, it really is very, very important to support your local community and 
We thank everybody that has already been involved with uh, the United Way of North Central Florida. And thank you, ladies, very much for Please. being our guest today. Thank, thank you. For having we us. appreciate you all. We've got a great guest coming up. We're going to be talking about the world of sports collectibles, about baseball cards, sports cards, and so many things. I Trust me on this. This is going to be a fascinating two seconds. Yeah, I can't wait. I uh, <laughs> I pulled out my baseball card collection today so we can start talking uh, with our next guest uh, about what's going on in the world of sports cars and other things. All right. You're watching Melden Lawn Friends. We'll be right back. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. We've always been interconnected, interdependent, united. And that's never been more apparent than right now. What we do together today will determine how we live united tomorrow. Stay home. Stay strong. And if you're able, give for your neighbors who need help the most. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Friday, March 19th, 2021. My name is Chris Qualman. I'm here with the president and founder of Melden Law, Jeffrey Melden. We told you last second, last segment that we had a great guest coming up, but we're not going to disappoint you. Jamil Mohammed from the Mealy Pops shop, a sports collectibles organization. I know it's a lot more than that, but uh, tell us about it. Yeah, so we're a store located here in Gainesville. We opened up in 2018, June. And at that time, the market was a little slow. It was kind of more of a hobby. There were some investment elements to it. And just in the last two years, this whole space has exploded. So we, uh, we sell sports cards, we sell gaming cards, we, we deal in autographs, collectibles, memorabilia. We've uh, started dabbling coins and comics in the shop some more now. And we do a lot with celebrities and, and athletes and signings and uh, grading of, of, of elements, which is actually the big one that people, people are, are big on right now. So, so uh, Jamil, um you had a life before uh, sports cars. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I was, um, you know, I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and then I moved to Florida in, in the early, early 90s, 1991. And uh, I, I was always a collector at heart, but my life after college, after graduating from UF, go Gators, um, <laughs> is uh, I, I got a degree in occupational therapy. I was always wanting to help people and, 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 and be around people. So I, I worked for 11 years at the VA Medical Center working with combat trauma, so PTSD, TBI. I have a whole world of cognitive therapy in my brain. That You're I, speaking I, our language. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. deal with that. Yeah, you 100% you understand that. So um, just working with those guys, awesome guys and gals that were um, wounded and uh, did that for 11 years. But there was a shift coming in my life and balance. And I, I was doing this as a hobby. And then it grew into a side hustle. That's the term all the young kids use. And, <laughs> yeah, and they then, do. Yeah, and then the side hustle became... A legitimate business and we've just been running with it so and tell us again what your shop would look if we walk in what's in your shop yeah so uh, we've done a lot of cool things we actually have a a youtube show called the card shop show we just started promoting and producing <laughs> so you can go check it out online but it is a, a 2000 square foot shop that has everything from 
any kind of card you could ever want, you know, I, I say there's a card for everybody. I could find that for you, your kids, you, you, even even the moms that come in who have no no desire to want to be in there, right? Uh, <laughs> bring their kids in sometimes, and I find something that they may like. Uh, we have um, memorabilia on the walls, autographed items, uh, high-end cards, low-end cards. So you could spend $0.10, cents, you could spend $50,000. Um, so that's kind of how our shop works, and, and I love that because you get to see the world and the community of collectors uh, for what it is. You know, It just brings a lot of people together. And then we do a, a large e-commerce front, mealypops.com where we saw a lot of the unopened boxes and cases and things of that nature, which is a massive world in its own, how people buy and sell the packages of cards. Um, and then we do kind of our social platforms and, and things of that nature in the community. So, What is Mealy Pops? Uh, it's a great origin. name, yeah, Mealy Pops. <laughs> like, it sounds so silly. My name is Jamil. You know, I was called Mealy as a kid. And my mom is from England, my mom. My mom is from England. I grew up drinking tea, you know, and my, my mom used to call me Mealy a lot. So when I played sports and things and I would visit my family over there, my uncle in England, big fan, he, when I would score a goal or do something, he would say Mealy Pops. And it kind of stuck. I don't know why. I don't know why. It was an old nickname. And so in 2000, yeah, Mealy Pops. So in, in 2008, 2010, when I was making you know, business, doing stuff on eBay, I just called our, you know, our, our IVs and logins with that. I never would have thought Mealy Pops or the Mealy Pop shop would be on a shirt, would be on a side of a window. People would think, Here you are. Yeah, exactly. So it's a nickname. And, and that's a cool thing about branding is like, don't run away from it sometimes if you don't like it. Because I thought, I mean, this is more encapsulating of like more than just a mm -hmm. card store or Gainesville's Cards and Comics or something like that. So. Well, let's talk about some of it. We've been hearing on the news about, not that this is new news. I mean, collectibles have been around for a long time, but... I know the Patrick Mahomes rookie cards going for a heck of a lot of money. I heard the story about the Tom Brady rookie cards being sold for huge amounts of money. So what are some experiences you've had on some of these high-end card deals? Sure. I mean, Tom Brady's a great example. Uh, right before the Super Bowl, I bought a card for uh, about uh, $52,000 in, in trade and cash. He won the Super Bowl, and now it's worth about 100000 in three weeks. So, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, just goes so quickly uh, based on the performances of players. Even Tiger Woods, it's a horrible situation, but he hurt his, he gets in this car accident, and then everybody thinks, oh, his career's over. So there's this flood of people buying Tiger Woods stuff. His stuff has 2X in the last, you know, uh, a couple months. So there's a, a, a huge contingent of people, and you brought up football, and I brought up golf, but the biggest market is basketball. Um, wow. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and uh, Michael Jordan, by far the king of, the, king, king of all collectibles. And there's a, such a viability to that internationally and domestically. And why is basketball the king of sports cards? I think that's it. That's why, because it's international. It's 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 got a, it's cool, right? There's an element of cool shoes. That culture mm -hmm. has infiltrated. I think the the shoe culture. Um, you have a lot. It's it's resonates with the youth a ton. Um, uh, the 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 hip hop world in terms of music, which I think every young person listens to, has, has is involved in it. And then cards. Uh, people love how the styles of players, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, these are younger, new players, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's internationally known. Uh, people <laughs> invest in these guys, and, and, and they're looking for the next wave. So there's all this perspective. The next, Who are the next Jordans and Kobe's and LeBron's, right? So the investment is being made right now on, on the front end. Um, that's really why and the international brand, I think, is huge, because basketball, China, massive. Uh, you got Australia, New Zealand, massive. Ba it's basketball there. And then now we're seeing huge pockets in Europe. So let's talk about authentication. Yeah, I, I know very little about your industry other than I love to go into stores like yours sure, and sure. look at the things on the walls. And 
how can you prove and establish that a, that a signature is authentic? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So there's a lot of forgeries out there. Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Mickey Mantle, mm -hmm. three most uh, forged signatures. There are companies that specify in forensic ink and understanding the elements of, of how mm -hmm. things are signed, the speed of ink. And those two companies I work with, we have dealer contracts with them, JSA and PSA. They're probably the two biggest names in autograph authentication across the world. And they have guys who study that stuff. So me, I have a, a, a general understanding of picking up forgeries. There's little things that I look for, intricacies when someone walks in and says, hey, I got this locally. Roger Maris baseball that's been signed by him because he owned the brewery in town, right? You know, all these things he brings into me. And uh, I look at it, I can kind of tell it. But when I work with those companies, they, they'll sit there, they'll examine them, and they'll certify them. So we have times where they're in the store. Uh, we had them for the Steve Spurrier signing just recently we did in our mm -hmm. store. They come in, they authenticate the stuff, and they legitimize it. So it's kind of a third-party uh, process. Now, now, you might get it signed by somebody. You know in your heart, this is real. But when you go to resell that, how do, right. it doesn't matter. Trust me, I've heard this every story under the sun of where they <laughs> got these things. And there's a lot of fakes, and I know they're fake. So you can't take, unfortunately, you can't take their word for it. You have to have some sort of uh, legitimacy authentication done. Now, we have a lot of collectors that uh, listen to our show that maybe when they were 10 years old were collecting yeah. cards. And uh, hmm. what are some of the things you can do to help them figure out what uh, the value is sure. and what what to you know make sure they keep uh, in good plastic you know uh, yeah. safe containers and things like that. Yeah, so we do a lot of education in the shop. We do put a lot of stuff on our socials. We're trying to do more of that because that's a element that's missing. Is how do you protect ink? You know, on an autographed item. How do you protect your sports cards? You know, you can't just put them in the old shoebox and let them bounce around. So those elements, and then there's this world of grading cards. So assigning a numerical value from zero to 10, or not zero, one to 10, on the condition of the card and the overall rating. Um, a good example is there's three PSA 10 Mickey Mantle um, uh, 1952 tops, and they've never hit the market. They're estimated at $20 million each. A PSA 9 just sold, I think, for six and a half million. But these are to the, the, the condition yep. of the card. Not so, just the condition, but also how the card is cut, the centering of it. So you could have a card that's mint, but still be off center. Um, so there's other elements to it as well. But we teach people how to grade, what to look for. And then we have a process where people can grade through the shop. Sometimes misprints and things like that have value of their sure. own. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. There's, you got to know that market. That's a little bit trickier, um, uh -huh. knowing which areas and things make sense. Um, some do in, in different markets, some don't. It's a wild world. I, even, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Pokemon, I might be doing a deal for a half million dollar Pokemon card in the next uh, two weeks. So there's there's th that world of, of errors. There's a whole, you know. I've, I, I, I'm bringing so, my kids up. Yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. through some boxes. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because yeah. um, my grandson, who's five years old, I asked him, you know, who his favorite, you know, character is. And, and it's Pokemon, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and we just had this discussion, uh, you know, a week ago, yeah. you know, and so that's been around now for a while. So that creates value because it's had longevity. Yeah, there's an element with that where I think the, that generation in the 90s when it came out, there was such a craze. Those younger people now have jobs and are starting disposable income. Maybe they're not married. Maybe they don't have kids and they're getting into collectibles. And so 
uh, Charizard is the one character. I say he's the Mickey Mantle of Pokemon. Right. They collect that character, and then it's just uh, it's just a nostalgic element. Which was first, Charmander or Charizard? <laughs> Charmander becomes Charizard. That's good. And See, I, I, I used <laughs> to watch this stuff. I've got I've got twenty yeah. three year old triplets. Yeah, yeah exactly. right into that. Exactly. I did everything. I did uh, Teletubbies. I did Pokemon. Beanie did Babies. Beanie Babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did uh, Yu Gi Oh. Yeah. And then they went through all these phases. Yeah. You know, so we somewhere in boxes and storage, we've got all these cards. Yeah. I've got to find them. Yeah, and and you know, who knows what's in there? I had a guy. It's a quick story. Uh, uh -huh. Just earlier this month, bring me a collection from local in Gainesville. He owned all the O2B kids from ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven. He found it in his house. We did a huge deal, and <laughs> he, and he didn't realize how much that stuff was worth. You know, so it's there. It's definitely there. So if the folks want to bring their collection uh, out to you, sure. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you literally can come in the shop. You can call the shop right directly two zero four five five seven three here locally. You can uh, email the shop. Uh, you can message us on the social platforms. Just understand that I know we live in an immediate world. But this is something that takes time. And so when I'm helping people, I'm not always going to be able to respond to you like this. And our team is not going to respond to you like this. So a lot of the times we, we, we encourage people to grade them. We encourage them. If they want to sell them, we can make a fair price. Because a lot of people don't want to deal with the ups and downs of grading fees, waiting, and all that. So they'll sell it to us directly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the easiest way to do it. So do you have a website? Yeah, mealypops.com. Um, email is shopmealypops at gmail.com. Um, and then we have all of the social platforms between our biggest one is Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we do TikTok and Twitter. And um, yeah, so all those elements. But the, the great thing about having a u unique name like Mealy Pops is right. that you can have mealypops.com and yeah. nobody else had claimed it, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Our, our store is located at 3700 uh, Northwest 91st Street in town. And you can see that giant Mealy Pops when you pull okay. up, so yeah, yeah. And that's right off the interstate, right off 39th Avenue? Yeah, exactly. If you've been to Sunny's over there, or Walgreens right behind there, um, it's the old Santa Fe bookstore, which is kind of a, uh, was a place in town, people know, right by Santa Fe uh, College, so right there, yeah, very easy to get. We get people that come from anywhere, it's two minutes right off the interstate. What I'd like to do, we're about to take a break, but I'd like sure. in the next segment to talk a little bit more about what motivated you? What sure. what motivates you now? Maybe some advice you can give to other young people who are yeah. looking to do things like you've done, cutting edge uh, markets and so forth. So let's talk a little bit about that next segment. Let's do it. I, look, I love that. Again, you're watching Meldon Law and Friends, episode 21, Friday, March 19th, 2021. We've got lots of tickets to give away on the Meldon Law website. Just go to our homepage www.meldenlaw.com. At the top, there are banners for uh, baseball, for volleyball, for, gosh, women's softball. And also, we want to congratulate the women's gymnastics team, which is still number one in the nation right now, and they are competing in the SEC championships. Yeah, the, um, the Lady Gator gymnastic team is incredible. Trinity Thomas, uh, probably the number one collegiate uh, star right mm -hmm. now and she's uh, rocking. So I'm so excited to see how the lady gymnastic team does both in the SEC championships and the national championships. You're a big Gator fan too, so we'll probably talk a little bit yeah, about that next segment. So again, you're watching Meldon Law and Friends, Friday, March 19th, 2021. We'll be right back. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together which is why Meldon Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. 
We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of today's Melden Law and Friends, Friday, March 19th, 2021. My name is Chris Qualman, here with Jeffrey Meldon, president and founder of Meldon Law, and also with Jamil Mohammed, who we've been talking to for the last segment about the Mealy Pop store and all the things they're doing. Just to say it in one sentence is impossible. <laughs> I, I wanted to quickly, though, say again, uh, lots of things going on with UF athletics and sports. Uh, tonight, of course, the Gators play Texas A&M in baseball. We've already done the giveaway for that game, Jeffrey, want to congratulate the winners who got the four tickets and the $100 dinner gift certificate. We also have tickets for tomorrow night's game, still available for the 20th against Texas A&M. I keep saying tonight, tomorrow night, but it may be during the day. Just check your listings to find out. But plenty of tickets available for that and many other things, including softball next week, volleyball. Just keep checking with our homepage at meldenlaw.com. Go to the top, click the banner. We have ticket giveaways for whatever UF athletic event you're interested in, plus gift certificates for dinner. So let's get back to our guest, Jeffrey. Jamil, um, I know that your shop has a big tie-in with UF athletics yeah. and Gator sports, in particular, Steve Spurrier. Yeah, so Steve is great, you know, the head ball coach. Just, he came, you know, he's a great guy. He's got that restaurant opening. So we had the signing recently, and uh, he came into the store. The man is a machine. He pumped out so many autographs. I was really impressed. And we, uh, we had, like I said earlier, with the authenticators there. So we're partnering with, you know, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill in the sense to help them sell some really unique, legitimate collectibles out of the restaurant, um, as well as we have in the store. So, um, yeah, Steve has been, has been an awesome. You know, Percy Harvin did our signing in the very, when we opened our store, he was our opening mm -hmm. guest. Um, we had a so signing with Jordan Scarlett not too long ago, but when he was in the draft, we may be doing some things coming up. That's, it's a little hard to get that stuff figured out because there's so many, so much at play when these guys are going to the NFL. And then, um, yeah, just other guys, Jeff Cardozo and ESPN Radio, Pat Dooley, do a lot, sure. lot with those guys. And, and just, uh, it, it's, it's crazy to think that I was, you know, at UF as a student, got to go to the national championships, was there during the glory years. And now I'm in the sense of, of, of meeting with these guys that were legends to help them, you know, in different ways, promote their brand, promote their new restaurant, promote their, you know, their autographed items. So uh, it's kind of come full circle in a way. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, sports cards and memorabilia as has really uh, come into its own as a legitimate investment opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, you can invest in the stock market, you can invest in a lot of different opportunities, but can you tell us about uh, the value and the growth and the profit opportunity in the sports card and memorabilia market versus other forms of investment? Yes. So, I would, be, I would educate yourself first before you jump into this. Um, there are a massive amount of cards that people are investing in that are graded, specifically because they're you know, slabbed in these very unique cases. They have serial numbers. They can be traced. They can be tracked. Um, and 
hedge funds, investors. Um, this all really started with, I think, about a year and a half ago with Gary V. He was a he's an influencer on, on social media, big entrepreneur. Yeah, I know Gary. I've met yeah. him. Yeah, I do too. We, we, I sold him a deal at the two, a year and a half ago, and um, I've been in contact with him. I mean, he's a guy that uh, a lot of people look to in, in this. He's he's very polarizing. So you, I think in a lot of ways, people really push and follow him, or or they don't because he's more of the investment side from the collector side, but that world is meshing. And so people can collect investments. And I, I know that sounds wild, but really that's what's where we're at. So mainline rookie cards, uh, vintage and modern, um, really rare items, um, autographs of, of guys that are authenticated, that are on unique pieces or on unique. These are all seen as things that are just continuing to grow up uh, in value. I've seen the market from a majority, almost triple, quadruple in the last year and a half. So if you had been buying things, just even of the mainline guys, Brady, Mahomes, Jordan, Kobe, Gretzky, <laughs> McDavid, uh, Mike Trout, Mickey Mantle, you would be a return on your investment that you cannot see in anything else. And people they are like, no, it's no way. Yeah, there's a huge way. Pokemon, you know, the high-end Pokemon I mentioned, high-end Yu-Gi-Oh, high-end Magic cards, um, all of that is being seen as a legitimate investment. Like I said, trust funds that are buying up a lot of this stuff. The unopened boxes are being uh, stored away and, and graded. Uh, so it's it's been really wild to see my 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 youth that I what I knew to just grow this quickly. Yeah. So Jamil, I have got an interesting question. Yeah, let's here, hear okay? it. Okay. When I grew up, okay, we used to go and flip cards against the wall. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd take some of the cards and we put them in the spokes yeah. of our, our uh, oh. bike. Okay? Does anybody do that? Yeah, anymore? they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was collectibles, no. maybe we're playing cards. <laughs> they don't. And actually I, the stories I've heard, fireplaces and um, you know, the bike spokes, Mickey Mantle is being folded in half or cut his face out. You just are like, oh my goodness. But um, yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah, exactly. But, we, but exactly. nobody um, knew the value back right. then. Rare, yeah. You know, I Hindsight. Mean, there was the Honus Wagner card sure. that people talked about uh, 50 <laughs> years ago, but not the current cards. And yeah. we, we would collect cards, you know, we would trade them and things yeah. like that, but nobody paid attention to the condition of right. the card. Right. It was like, oh, okay. And um, 30 or 40 years ago, I started collecting them um, with when my son was born. You know, we started buying a few sets. Sure. During my law practice, I actually traded a, a collection from a collector for there you a go. fee. Okay? There you go. Yeah. And, okay. That's uh, value. Well, I had a rookie. I have a rookie Jerry Rice card that's in a plastic case. Okay. So that one might have, be worth yeah. something. You got to right? come in the shop. We got we to gotta look at it, maybe grade it. And yeah. PSA 10 rookies of those are going for quite a bit, you know? And so it, that's the stuff is like people don't realize it could just be, they could turn something that's so small that they've had or something that they know they could trade for. I've had I've had lawyers come in and say the same exact thing. I, I, I absolved, they took this on as, as a, uh, you know, payment. And uh, I'm like, I'm glad you did because you know what I mean. You're doing pretty well. It's not worth that anymore. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So um, if for me, I, like I'm rushing out to your shop because I got to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's and cool. I'm, I'm going to grab some of my uh, cards that I think might have some value. Yeah. And and then you can uh, you can help people figure out what their value is, which ones are definitely worth sure. more than others. And things Let's tell like them the, uh, where it's located again. Yeah. 3,700 Northwest 91st street, right off of, um, 39th Avenue, the fourth Gainesville exit. If you're going North or the first one, if you're coming South, okay. we're right off the interstate, right by there at the Santa Fe sign and behind the uh, Sundays and Walgreens right there. Tell me how you believe a card shop or collectible shop like yours impacts the community as a whole. 
Yeah, so that's a, a great question. So the card shop is, is and here's, some, here's some numbers. In the state of Florida, we have 20-ish uh, million people. We have 13 legitimate card shops in the state. And the card shop has, has died over the years because the, of the rise of e-commerce, but not because people don't want to go to the card shop. It's because of the lack of adaptation. And so I've seen that change just because of COVID, how we had to adapt our model, how we, how we market, how we do business, because there's no more walkthrough traffic or the traffic is limited. So we've done that, we've adapted well, and I believe we've seen the fruits of that. Um, the car shop has always been a place for people to come and, and learn, to come and, and have a place of, of belonging, right? Like I said, 10 cents to $50,000 collectors can be hanging out watching a game together or talking sports. <laughs> so uh, that element is key. And the, the big one that my wife and I have been big on when, when we prayed to start this was to really invest in kids and children. Um, we've been involved with, you know, uh, Percy example, when he had his, uh, was helping foster care kids and we did a big backpack drive and things. And Mariana Rivera, we're going to be doing some stuff in the future, hopefully with um, helping kids, you know, and you. So there's a direct link between a, a cool shop where kids understand and families understand, hey, I can go there and I can kind of get away. I've had so many people just tell me when I come in here, it's kind of my space. You know, um, we created this. We call it the card bar, which is kind of like a big wooden. You'll see it when you come to the store. It's a, a great place to meet, stand, talk to people, hang out. And it's really a, a sense of community. You know what I mean? Gator sports talk about all the time, you know, in, in, in there. And people, there's loud people, there's quiet people, there's everybody in between. So uh, I, I think it's very, very important to have that. And, and it makes me think about, you know, question for you guys is like, I'm a card shop guy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a collectible guy. And I've watched the podcast and what you guys are doing. It's mm. awesome. So why, why have me on? Why have like a collectible store on? That's a good question. Well, so the name of the him. show is Melden Law and Friends. And Friends encompasses our community. And yeah, what we exactly. want to do is show showcase yeah. people within the community because um, cards and collectibles is a legitimate investment opportunity for members of our community. Absolutely. And it's more fun uh, than just about anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So we really want to thank you for, you know, bringing that to the community. Because like you say, there's only 11 legitimate shops in the whole That's state. Yeah, exactly. And, and Gainesville is probably as heavy a sports town as there is. 100%. You know, the Gator Connection and just everybody that lives here is really uh, involved in sports. And uh, I'm I'm thrilled um, that you're here because um, a lot of us growing up, sure. you know, have have our collections of cards yeah, yeah. and things yeah. like that. And, well, it uh, takes us back to our, our youth. Yeah. You know, it takes us back yeah. to, you know, I, I've got a picture with Mickey Mantle when yeah. I was seven cool years that? old. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was at Fort Lauderdale yeah. Yankee Stadium in 1965, and uh, it was actually a babysitter of, of, of ours who knew him and it was just a crazy story. She wow. kind of pushed me up to the rail and go, Mickey, Mickey, come here, and took a picture. And, yeah. I've, and I've still got it. And, you know, I've got a signed baseball from the winningest American League team in history up until the Yankees, the 1954 Cleveland Indians, Indians. where I grew up. Yeah. My Uncle Jerry yeah. uh, was friends with the Indians, and they got me a signed baseball. And I believe there's either four or five Hall of Fame yeah. members yeah, on that, awesome. you know. Yeah. So things like that. Yeah. You know. I mean, and, and you guys bring up the, the element of how everybody has that story in the community. Sure. Everybody can share in it. Um, we grew up with the cards and the spokes, but like we have boxes of cards in the store, free cards for kids. Come on in, get, you know, we make packs of Pokemon or sports. That's a great cards. point. Just come on in and and for, for, for to, to engage that family. Who knows what these kids and families could be going through. You, you, you do know? some charity work as well. I wanted to bring that up before we come to a close. Yeah, yeah. So I mentioned it just briefly earlier. 
you know, we, we, we're trying to partner more with just the athletic side of things. So, you know, Percy Harvin and his foundation, right. the No Mercy Percy sure. Foundation, we did a big thing with foster care kids and bringing them in um, to, uh, to come in and, and, and get free backpacks before school started, packs of cards. We called it Percy Packs and uh, also packs of food. We partnered with a local restaurant, uh, BTW at the time. And so that was a cool element to just see. We were on the floor. Percy is, is trading Pokemon cards with kids who've never opened a pack before. And then his son's there. And, and then uh, a kid has a gator pack and looks at the card and looks at him. And it's him. So oh then he gets to sign it. You know, to bring that realization. Well, I love the fact, though, that you've got free cards. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So a, exactly. Kid, a kid may come in who's never even had a card Absolutely. before. And you give that kid his or her first card. Absolutely. That's got to be pretty amazing. The memories, right? We're creating memories for the community and want to be a safe place for, for families and, and kids but, and people but, to come. But what's exciting um, is, you know, everything I've heard is that there's really an enormous investment yeah. opportunity that the growth rate is much greater than anything in the stock market. Um, Absolutely. And that, you know, um, from what I understand, only Bitcoin and the collectible card market um, rival each other as far as growth. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, it's hard, I think, for people to grasp that, that fact because they mm -hmm. just think, how can something so basic, you know, and, and, and really collectible or maybe yeah. even seen as a toy or whatever be worth that much? But I, I can't convince you otherwise other than just to learn and come in. I, and, wanna, I, want, I want to just dive into real quick something. Yeah, um, yeah. And you, we talked about it off the air, and I know this would take a whole other episode, but mm -hmm. I know these new technologies I'm hearing about digital cards, yeah. you know, and, and these things people are doing and they're selling for a fortune. Can you say a few words yeah, about that? Yeah, just really quickly, non-fungible tokens, NFTs, you know, there's a thing, something that's been big in basketball is this thing called Top Shot, where you get these digital packs and you open them and then they come up with these clips. And these could be a, car, a clip of, you know, LaMelo Ball with a layup or, you know, Blake Griffin dunking or whatever the clip is, LeBron or Zion Williamson. And you have these little clips that you now own a, a percent, or own, 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 and they have serial numbers, and they've created a marketplace now for people to buy and sell these. And we're like, oh, what the heck is that? Well, they're selling for like 10, 20, 50, $80,000, these clips that now someone can say, I own this clip and I have it on my phone. So I know that that transition is not there yet, even for me as a, in my 30s. I can't, I can't get my head I around that. You know, you know, <laughs> and to think someone could walk in my shop and say, here's my phone, I own this clip, you know, from Top Shot. I want that 52 mantle or whatever. And you make that trade. Like, that's crazy to me. So um, that's just a, an element where people are, and I think a younger generation is moving into more investments or things that they can have more control over. You mentioned it, um, that it's fun. You know what I mean? And, and you, mm -hmm. you know a little bit about it versus, you know, I got... 80 shares of, you know, GE versus I have all these cards and cool things that, you know, I, I enjoy and I can watch these people. So um, whatever it might be, I, I think there's an emerging market there. Um, we're seeing it with digital art. I know that's another thing. Something gets over $66 million the other day. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I met uh, Gary Vee's uh, uh, videographer, uh, D-Rock, at the last convention I was at, and he shared with <laughs> me about filming that whole thing and how they just sold it. It was a wild story. So a lot out there, a lot out there. Well, I'm I'm really excited um, to have had you on. I think that um, we're just scratching the surface yeah. as far as Chris and I um, <laughs> learning about how to convert our enthusiasm <laughs> into maybe investing a little yeah. bit, yeah. and that uh, that and, and so you you'll help advise people sure. and, and get them you know from making. Uh, to the best of your ability and making mistakes because yeah. I know that it's crazy. So after the Super Bowl, 
Uh, did Mahone's car card value go down or up or what Slightly happened? Dip, a slight dip. Yeah, yeah, 10-15%. But people also know Mahomes is not a bad quarterback. It's not like he, you know what I mean? So there's been people who are holding it. And now is a good time to buy. And as you watch this, you know, probably in a week or two, you're going to start to see the increase in Mahomes again as NFL draft comes around, preseason comes around. So, I mean, he's really the future. I mean, I'm a Bucks fan, so, I mean, Brady didn't pass the torch Oh, my yet. gosh. You, so, you, and my son, you and my son need to get together. Now, how did his card value uh, uh, go up after the uh, They went up quite substantially, yeah. I mean, his rookie cards, his on-card autographs, his patch autographs, his rarities, that stuff saw a huge hike. Um, I think, like the one I mentioned, you, about 2X on his rookie cards. So there's one that just sold for $1.8 and it's a card Whoa. that's numbered out of 100. So there's 99 others of that card. So it's not even a one of one that just sold I think, a month ago on Golden Auctions. Look at Golden Auctions. Uh, that's a great site to check out. You can see the big market stuff uh, coming to shop. I'm one person, though. So I'm training my staff as we're, we're still only a bit, two years, two and a half years. We've only been in business. So I'm training people to also impart that which is a big part of business. So come on in. We'll, uh, we'll share you, with you. You and I are making, doing a field trip yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, from, from my standpoint, Brady yeah. winning with a second team at yeah. his age yeah. solidified his reputation as the goal. I just right? can't 100%. even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's incredible. Yeah. Jamil, again, thank you so much Absolutely. for being on our show. And uh, it, you're just doing amazing things in the community. And what a, what a great guest. <laughs> I'm just so happy we yeah. brought you on. We'll definitely be having you back at thank some you. point in the future. Anytime and you want. Maybe uh, when we get into the football season next year or something, sure. yeah. then uh, we'll be talking a lot more. Love it. You are again watching Melvin Lawn Friends. Quick announcement. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We just got a couple of seconds. We are moving on April 6th to Tuesdays. We are now broadcasting live, streaming live on Friday, but starting Tuesday, April 6th, we will be taking live questions off Facebook Live. Pretty exciting. Are you ready to be on the hot seat? <laughs> I am ready. Yeah, we both are. Well, hey, we'll roll with the punches. We do live radio. We, we Yeah, do. we've been doing our uh, Law Talk Live for 19 years on the Sky Live, so we take questions. So uh, Chris and I, we got to practice this for uh, four or five years together uh, uh, as a team before we rolled into the podcast. So I'm it, excited. It's really been fun. And I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers uh, for supporting uh, Meldon Law and Friends podcast. And it's growing exponentially. So thank you right. again. We look forward to ha having you uh, watch us and follow us. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in.